And today, I am here today to talk to you about something that is very close to my heart, and I'm just so happy that I get to talk to you about it. And it's a topic of family, because summer reminds us of family time. And just to kick us off, I want to tell you that if you're someone here today, and you don't have immediate family, or even close family to you, maybe you're from a different country and you're here and you're by yourself, this message is for everyone and I believe that you will benefit from it. So follow along, uh, don't just you know go away with your thoughts, stay here with me because I believe that there's something in this for everyone. And actually something I'm celebrating today is I am here in Ireland, today I'm celebrating 12 years of living in Ireland. So in 2010, uh, on this day, I have a, on my calendar, so I was like, I can't forget this. Uh, yeah, 12 years ago, I arrived here from Brazil, and it's been such an amazing journey. So look, I get that if you're not from here as well, if you weren't born here, um, that it can be hard sometimes not having all the family around us. But yeah, we're talking about family, and when we think of summertime, most of us, even if your family's not close to you right now, we think of more family time. Maybe you're seeing on Instagram or on TikTok or anything, people are posting about their trip, they're going away, and this year we're not going away abroad, but we're going to Sligo pretty soon in about three weeks' time. But we all know that summertime reminds us of more family time together. Why is that? Because we have maybe less time in work. Maybe we get some time off. Uh, kids are off school. So if you have kids yourself or maybe you're here and you're off school because you're on holidays, we just get to spend time together with our families. But the reality is that it's not all the time we get to spend time with family. Isn't it true? That a lot of times we're busy with life and life moves so fast. Kids grow up, you change jobs. My husband was in a, in a job until recently and he was there for four years. And we sat down when he was transitioning to his new job now. And we said, how has it been four years of you being there? It did not feel like it because life can just be so fast. It can go so fast work maybe for you it feels like that maybe you've been working in a place and it's just been years and you're like wow how has it been this long already maybe in school maybe you're finishing up school maybe you just did your living cert and it's over and you're like in a new season of life and that has gone so fast or maybe actually maybe it hasn't gone fast for me when i did my living cert i was so happy it was over i was just like i'm so glad the school is over so maybe for you it's been fast or slow Maybe you have meetings at work, deadlines, and bills are always coming if you're an adult here and you have responsibilities. It's just this repetitive cycle all the time. All the time. We're busy. There's things going on. There's just always something new. I was even talking to a friend this week. Uh, she's in the room today, Neve, And we were talking and giving each other advice as to how we can keep up with our work. Because she texted me days earlier, I think it was maybe the beginning of the, this past week, and I only go back to her maybe on Thursday or Friday. I said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Neve, that I did not respond to you. I, you know, I, I really wanted to get back to you, but I was so busy. And so we're here giving advice to each other as to how we can, you know, maybe don't open the message. Leave it, you know, unread so you have the notification. And I'm telling Neve, Neve, I already do that. And I still can't keep up with my messages. And it's just true that we have this busy lifestyle. And for you, it may be that you're a stay-at-home parent and it's still busy with the kids and life and home or maybe you're at work. It's just this repetitive cycle, isn't it? It's so busy all the time. It feels like so many things are screaming for our attention. And it's hard to know, you know, when to give time to our family or work. And so, so many things are just like, I need you now. I need you to do this. Maybe you're a business owner here today and you're like, 
I need to give all into this business because this is, you know, everything. This is my income. This is the income of my employees. And there's just always something screaming for our attention. At least it is for me. I don't know about you guys. But we all desire to focus on our family. But often life gets in the way. And it doesn't matter if you're a Christ follower here today or maybe you're here and you're a skeptic and you're like, I don't believe any of this stuff. This is true for all of us. We desire to focus more on our family, but life just gets in the way. It's just the way life is. If we're honest, life gets in the way of things. It gets in the way of our priorities. Other things in our lives can become a priority. And it's not because they're important. Think about this in your own life. Other things in our lives, other than our family, they can get away on the way of us spending time with our family and prioritizing them. And it's not because they're even important. They're not even important. But you know what? Sometimes they're just urgent. And now the things that are important to you and to me are put aside for the sake of the urgent things. Have you ever done that? Have you guys ever done that where you put, you know, the urgent before the important and you're like, you know, I've, you know, I'll spend time with you later or I'll do this thing. I'll do this report later or, you know, spending time with the family. We're talking about family today. Often we can put, you know, the important things aside for the sake of the urgent things. Because the reality is we assume that those important things, like we're talking about today, our family, we assume that they're always going to be around. Isn't that so true? We assume that we can spend time, we can have that coffee tomorrow because we'll be here tomorrow and they'll be here tomorrow. Pastor Jamie talked in the second part of this message, of the series uh, on the message about time, how we assume that we're here tomorrow. We assume that we have time, but we don't. And the reality is you and I, Let's be honest, we assume that our family, those who are close to us, they're always going to be around. But it's, not, it's just an assumption because we don't know that. We really don't. And so many of us confuse ourselves uh, with what's urgent and important. We lose the balance. We kind of lose sense of it, and we start putting the urgent before the important. And before you realize it, you haven't taken time for the important things in your life. And this is me speaking to myself as well, because just because I'm up here, it does not mean that I get it right all the time, you know? And so we're learning this together. The harsh reality is that we can take our families for granted. Isn't it true? Is it just me? Maybe it's just me. Do you guys take your family for granted sometimes? Yeah, it's true. It's, it's just the way we work because we're busy and things get on the way. And it can be subtle. Maybe you don't do it on purpose. You're like, I love my family. I have no problem. I love them. But even subtle things sometimes, they can get away on the way. Taking things for granted isn't often obvious, but if they're left unchecked over and over and over again, they can cause real damage. If we're continually putting aside time with our kids or time with the people that really matter to you, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause some sort of damage eventually. Going through the motions, sometimes we're just going through the motions and we're doing this and we're doing that and we're moving on, leaving aside the important things and doing the urgent and going, we're busy and there's more things, more things are happening. And we can go through the motions sometimes and not even realize it. And you know, the thing about going through motions I was thinking this week is that you kind of just lose sense of purpose. When you start doing things for the sake of doing them and you're not putting any effort in stuff anymore, you're just like, do you know what, this is what life is. I'll just get on with it. But there isn't that sense of purpose or there isn't any effort going into it. And our families, they need that from us. And that's what we're looking at today. Sometimes we're, when we're going through the motions, we're there, but we're not really there. I've, I've felt like that 
much more recently than I'd like to. But even, you know, this past week or two weeks ago, I was talking to my husband and I was on the phone doing some email. I was replying to an email and he was like, can you just get off your phone for a minute? And I was like, yes, I'm so sorry. But sometimes we're there, but we're not really there because other things get on the way. We become complacent, distracted. I can't be the only one. We, we check out, you know, we check out and we just... We become so distracted by things. Relationships that are taken for granted will always struggle to strive. Again, it doesn't matter if you're here today and it's your very first time um, or you're a Christ follower or maybe you're not. This is just facts. Any relationship that we take for granted, that we, do not put, we don't put time and energy into, they will struggle. There will be damage if over time we put those things aside. Our families deserve more than emotions. They deserve our devotion. You deserve your family's devotion, and so they do also. They deserve your devotion, and devotion is time. It's intentionality. It's giving them your energy. It's me getting off my phone when I need to get off my phone because I need to give them my attention. And this is true with you know, any relationship that we have. And I have something to show you. This next picture... Uh, they're going to put up is this pic this plant is not doing well is it it's not doing very well I don't think do you guys think anyone has devoted time and energy on this plant no do you guys think that anyone took the time to uh, water it do you guys think so no and here's the result of it but I want to show you my plant okay I brought my plants to you today here's my plant now, um, as I told a friend today, this plant wasn't always like this. <laughs> I thought it was dead about two months ago, um, but it came back to life because I gave it love and water. Um, but the, the reality is here that just like this plant is representing, you know, when we don't care for it, when we don't devote ourselves and put time, it's not going to thrive. It's not going to do well. And when you put time into something, it, it has time to grow and has time to flourish like this plant. But if I don't take care of this plant, it's going to die. It's going to die. And so much of our relationships are like this. If we don't invest time, if we don't care for it, if we don't put energy and effort, um, they, will not, they will not thrive. And so it's just the fact that relationships are taken for granted. You and I, our families, maybe for you a family today is a close group of friends because you don't have immediate family. Or maybe for you this Church family is your family, and we want to be here for you. But every relationship needs time, and it cannot be taken for granted. Our families, too often, our fam just one slide back, please. Our families, too often, are not prioritized. But if we prioritize them, they will thrive. They will thrive. And so today we're looking at family, and I want to look with you into the question and help answer the question, how can we start, or maybe for you is restart. You're like, Rebecca, I love my family. I take care of them, but I've just kind of, you know, lost the pace a little bit. I've lost my way and I've been too busy. And maybe for you, it's restart to prioritize your family. Maybe you're, you're already done that. Or maybe for you, you're like, I've never actually thought about this. And now I want to help prioritize my family. And so um, in today's message, we are going to look, we're going to get some help from the scriptures. And we're going to look at the book of First Corinthians. And we're going to look in these two little passages here. But I want to tell you, in case you don't know 
a little bit about this book. And this book was originally a letter that a Paul, Apostle Paul wrote. And if you don't know who Paul was, Paul was basically against Christians, okay? He was living his life. He was about his life. He persecuted Christians, and he wanted to, like, get rid of them. He, he made their lives a living hell, if I can say that. He really did. He was going against them, trying to uh, take everything away from them because he honestly and truly hated Christians. He hated them. And so until a moment where Paul had an encounter with Jesus and he had an encounter with God, his life was completely changed. So from Paul persecuting Christians and, you know, seeing Christians die and wanting just the worst for them, the, he, his life completely changed to someone who went and shared the good news of Jesus. He had this amazing encounter where he realized God is real and he has a plan for my life. And so he went on to start churches and establish churches in many different places in Turkey and Greece and, and many other places. And so in this book, we're going to read in this letter that he wrote, um, this letter is to a church that he helped start. And basically they were having problems. They reached out to Paul and said, Paul, uh, you know, we know you care about us. We know that, you know, you helped to start this church and you moved on to help other people to find God. Um, but we're having problems. We are struggling to live out our faith in a very faithless place. These are real people who had faith in Jesus. And they're like, just where we're here in Corinth, which is uh, the people uh, were from Corinth, the, the place called Corinth. So the Corinthians were like, we don't know what to do. We want to live out our faith for Jesus. But... It's really, really difficult. So then this is an answer to that, you know, to those questions, to that request that they had for Paul for helping. And so in this letter, Paul covers many things. He talks about the questions that they had about unity in the church and, you know, what does that all mean and spiritual gifts and how when we come to know Jesus, the spirit of God lives within us. And we have gifts to help the church and to strengthen the church. Um, and so he's talking about all these things. But I want to bring your attention to something. When this book, when this letter was written, there, it wasn't separated into parts. It wasn't, there was no chapters, there was no verses. But later on, this, this book was divided into verses and chapters so we could find things easier. Like today, I can tell you, we are going to go to 1 Corinthians 12, 31, and you can find that very easily instead of reading the whole thing. But why does that matter, Rebecca? Why are you bringing that up? Because what he says in the very end of chapter 12 very much ties into beginning of verse 13 because it was one long letter you know it was never meant to be divided so the way we we do things now in chapters is to help us but i want to bring our attention to the last part of verse 31 so let's read this together paul says but now after talking about all these things spiritual gifts and unity in the church and how we should worship god in public how to sing to god and immorality in the church and outside the church he tells us but now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. I've said many things to you. I've advised you on what to do here and what to do there. But the most excellent way, I'm going to tell you now. He's telling us, that stuff is really good. But now I want to tell you something that's more important than all of these things I said. And so here we go to 1 Corinthians 13. And here is what Paul says. He says to us, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of the angels even, but I didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Paul was an educated man. Can we go back to the other verse, please? 
Paul was an educated man. He spoke three languages. He was very educated, very, he had great intellect, and maybe that's like you today. And he's saying, you know, I could speak all the languages. I could even talk to angels. I could even talk to angels. But if I don't love others, it's just an annoying noise. Have you ever talked to someone and they're expressing their love for you? Maybe it's a friend or I'm not sure, but, and they're just like, I love you so much. But it's just like over and over the same thing. It's just like a noise. There's never anything done about it. Have you guys ever experienced that? Yeah. It's like, it's just this annoying noise and it's pointless. We, we can have all the intellect in the world, but if we don't love others genuinely, it's just, it's just noise. And he goes on to saying the next part. In, uh, he says, if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrifice my own body, I could boast about it, yes. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. So many of us, and ourselves included, myself and myself, we give to charity, we help others. But you know, the problem is not what you're doing, it's the motive. If we don't love others genuinely, you know, we gain nothing. We really don't. Even, even sacrifice our own bodies, going as far as that. If we don't love, his point is, the greatest way of life is loving others. That's what Paul is trying to tell us today. And he goes on to share with us, what is this love that we should have towards one another? If it's not, you know, um, knowing everything or doing everything, what is it? And he goes on to say, love is patient and love is kind. Maybe you've heard this in weddings. The scripture is very, very... Um, you know, often recited in weddings, love is patient and is kind. Love is not jealous. It's not boastful or proud or rude. Love does not demand its own way. It's not irritable, ir- irritable, and it keeps no records of being wrong. This is the kind of love that he's telling us we should love. It does not rejoice in injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. And so often we love we try to love others with the love that the world loves us and it's just it's never going to work i want to tell you today that the love of jesus and the love of god is a different kind of love this is the love that paul is telling us about he's saying i want you to love in a way that the love is kind and it's patient but you know in reality the world cannot love this way and maybe you're here today and you're you're a skeptic and you're not a christ follower and you're saying you know that sounds like a real Great love. I would love to experience that. I would love to love others this way. But let me tell you, without Jesus and without experiencing this love for yourself, it's very hard to love others this way. This love is what Jesus demonstrated for us. Love never gives up. It never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. You know, the thing about love is that love is a verb. It's an action. It's something we do. Love is no, like I said to you, it's just an annoying sound when people are like, I love you so much, and there's never anything done about it. They're not being prioritized, and there isn't, you know, time or energy given. It's an action. It's an action. To love means to do. It's to do. It means to prioritize. And so what I'm trying to tell you today is how, how do you prioritize? It's true love. They come together. To love others, it means to do. And how do we love? We prioritize. We show it by putting others first. Love doesn't just let us go through the motions and let us just get lost in our own ways. Love, love is an action and love is what people require from us. 
And that's what Paul is trying to tell us to do. And I want to tell you today that this love that we're talking about, Jesus loves you and he didn't just say it. Think about that. Jesus loves you and he acted on it. Did you know that Jesus died on the cross for your sins? Because he said, just, he thought just saying it is not enough. I need to show the people I love that I care about them. He demonstrated, he prioritized you so he could say, I love you. For all our mistakes, for all our sins and all the wrong things we have done and will ever do, Jesus died on the cross so we could see actually he really loves us. And I want to tell you today, maybe for the first time ever, maybe you've never heard this before, but Jesus loves you and he has a plan for your life. He has a plan for your life. He wants to give you hope. He wants to give you a future. He showed us what it is to prioritize. He didn't just say from his throne up in heaven, I love you so much. He came down as a human and died for us. He demonstrated this love. And what he's asking us to do is, I want you to show this love to others. I want you to demonstrate it like I have for you. He went first and he showed us the way. There's always someone who has to go first. And he did to show us his love. We ought to do the same for our families, for our close families, not so close families, for our neighbors, and even enemies. Let's be honest. Sometimes it's easy, easy to love our families. And even though we have arguments here and there or we don't agree on certain things. But let me tell you, we're also called to love our enemies. And unless you've experienced the love of Jesus... It's very hard to do this. It's very hard to do this, even if you experience the love of Jesus. But at least we see that even though we didn't love him at the beginning, that he loved us, even when we were far away from him. And so how do we prioritize our families? We prioritize our families by knowing that we are called to love them like Jesus loves us. That's the point I'm trying to get across to you guys today, that we prioritize our families because Jesus showed us what it is to love, and he asks us, to do the same. And I want to get really practical because this series is super practical. We want to make it super practical for you to leave here and be like, what do I need to do? I want my life to be better. I want to be better at life. What do I need to do? I want to give you six practical ways that we can prioritize family. And first of all, and I would encourage you to take some notes, whether it's on your phone, on your notes app, or you can find these notes on the Bible app as well. The first thing I want to ask you to prioritize your family, the first way is in your thoughts. We can prioritize our family in our thoughts. Why, Hebeke? A lot of what we do in our behavior starts in our thinking. Isn't that so true? Do you guys agree with me? Our thinking affects so much of it. I was reading this week about thoughts and how much they influence us. And as much as 95%, as I was researching this week, as much as 95% of our behavior is affected by our thoughts. That's a lot. 95% is a lot. And so how are we thinking about our families? How we think about them is how we will see them. If you think of your family as, you know, just, just as like a problem or a burden, guess what they're going to be? You're going to come to see them that way. If you're tired all day at work and you're coming home and the last thing you want is to be talking and to be maybe playing the way you start to see, the way you think about your family is how you will see them. I promise this to you. And so let's start to prioritize our families and our thoughts. Do you see them as a burden or do you see them as a blessing? Our families are a blessing to us. Let's change our, our thinking process to see them as a blessing. 
Don't let the ones you love the most become just an afterthought. Your family deserves your love and your priority. And so that's the first way I want to encourage you with your thoughts. How are you prioritizing your family? If you think about it. And after we think about it and after we start prioritizing and the way we think, changing it from, oh, they're burdened, I have to go home and, oh, I'm going to have to deal with it. Maybe you've had a long day at work, like I said, or even maybe you're home. Maybe you're a stay-home dad, you're a stay-home mom, and you've been all day with the kids and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, like the last thing I want is more of this because I'm so tired. And it's okay to be tired, but let's control, let's take captive our thoughts so that we can prioritize and love our families. Is that good? Yeah, let's go to number two. Number two, the second way we can prioritize our family is with our words. Now we have changed our thinking. We have changed it. We have taken captive. We took control over it. And we're saying, no, I love them. They're a blessing to me. I cannot let my thoughts just go loose. I'm going to change my words. Did you know that you have the choice and you have the power to build people up? Or you have the power to tear them down. It doesn't just go one way. Are you using your words towards the people around you, whether it's your close family or people in this place. Maybe you're here and you're part of this church family. How are we using our words to build people up or to tear them down? They're powerful. I, I remember I was uh, younger. I was probably around 10 years old and I was doing something. I'll never forget this. And I wasn't doing it so well. I was a child. I was trying to do something. I think it was clean around the house. But I will always remember that there was a person in my family, they said some really mean and nasty things to me about what I was doing. And you know, that stays with me to this day. Something that was said to me in probably a moment of anger because of the disappointment that it wasn't done well. I still remember this and I'll probably never forget this because words have the power to tear people down or to build them up. And so how are we using our words? We don't always get it right, but let's remember the power of words. They're so powerful. And, you know, we, have, we, we can have words that are life-giving. We can have words that are life-sucking. And we all know what it's, what it's like to have friends around us who are life-sucking. There's just nothing worse. I have friends who I grew up with in school, and I honestly started to avoid them because it was really, really hard to be around people who were the opposite of life-giving. And so let's choose to be the kind of people that, you know, bring life into the situation. It doesn't mean that you were not realistic. It doesn't mean that we're fake and we're like, oh, it's all going to be great. But as much as possible, let's be life-giving instead of life-sucking, you know. That's the kind of people you want to be around and I want to be around. And our families need to hear this from us. They, they can't just have the leftovers. It it's, doesn't help anyone. And so um, think about how you can prioritize your words with your family. So the second way is with our words. Let's prioritize our family. The third thing I want to tell you, the practical way that we can prioritize our families is in our actions. We have thought about it. We have talked about it. But we can't stop there. In our actions, let's prioritize our families. What is planned is prioritized. We learned this over the last few weeks in Summer at Lighthouse. What is planned is prioritized. If you're telling your family you love them, make time for them. When was the last time, other than just summer and holidays and booking flights, when was the last time you took time to show your family in action that you love them? It's not good enough to say that you care. We need to prepare. We need to prepare. And like I said to you a couple of months ago that Jesus didn't just say, I love you and I'll leave you in your mess. 
He said, I'm going to come. He came and he was human and he paid the price for our mistakes because he knew it wasn't enough to tell us, I care about you. He said, I'm going to prepare a way to save you so that you don't have to die. You don't have to die for your own mistakes. I'll take it upon me because I love you so much. How, how, how are we doing this with our families? How, how in action are we showing our families that we care? Let's not just speak about it. Maybe it's date nights. I have a couple of suggestions. Date nights, family outings, spontaneous gestures of love in action and, and prioritizing adventures and gifts as well. How often do you do things with your family to show them that you care? I know for myself and my husband, date nights, we try as much as possible to have date nights because just life gets in the way. And the word I hear most in our household <laughs> is that we're tired because we have a two, almost two-year-old and we're so tired all the time. But I want to tell you, let's prioritize in these different ways and let's show our families we care. The fourth way I want to tell you that we can prioritize our family is in moments. Let's create moments with our families. Let's create moments where they will always cherish. You may, you can't be there all the time. You may not be there all the time because you're busy. But when you are there, give all of who you are in that time that you have together. It's so important. I have, I have this, uh, I don't have a lot of memories of when I was young. Of course, we forget most of what we do when we're young. But I have this memory of being in the park when I was maybe seven or eight with my sister and my mom was there. And I just remember being a time that it was just, we had all of my parents' attention. And there's nothing like it because we weren't doing anything massive. We weren't doing anything out of the ordinary. We were in a park. And to this day, I remember it as such a sweet moment and memory as a child that I will cherish forever. Because I had their attention, I had their love and care in that moment. And even though they weren't there all the time, they gave me and my sister all of who they were in that very moment. So are you doing that? Is there moments in your life that you can put aside to give your family all of who you are? And so don't allow things to distract you from what's important. Remember that important things, when they're put aside too much, there can be real damage. So remember that. Life is made of moments, and moments become memories. And they can last a lifetime, a lifetime. And so that's why moments are so important. So create valuable, special moments with your family or with your close group of friends, if they're your family right now or your church family. Um, we recently just had a picnic uh, in the park last week. And it was great fun because we want to create moments for us to be together. Because we don't know what tomorrow holds. But we can do some things today to create some memories. The fifth thing, we're almost there, is listening. We can prioritize our family as we listen to them. There's something that we say here at Lighthouse, and if you're new, you might not have heard this. But we have a hand gesture, and I want you to extend your arms with me if you're comfortable. We say something like this, okay? When, we're, when it comes to listening, we say, let's be quick to listen and slow to speak. Now, I would like you to join me so you remember this later on when your children or spouse are making you very upset, we're going to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Yeah? Let's do it one more time. We're going to be quick to listen and we're going to be slow to speak. So think about that. We're going to be quick to listen to others and we're going to be slow to speak back to them. The really cool thing about listening is that, did you know as you listen, and I've, I've done this in my home as I'm speaking to my husband, and I'm trying to stop talking, and I'm like, okay, let me ask some questions. So how did you feel about that? 
you know and i'm like so what happened after and i'm trying to listen the beauty about it is that you get to know them even better more than you even knew if i think i know my husband and all of who he is and the things he's doing and the more i ask questions and listen to him the more i get to know his heart and i get to know him as a person how much more do we need to know our families we're so busy and we're so quick to speak but we actually need to be slow to speak so we can listen to them Develop the habit of listening on a daily basis with your family. It's really important. And think about how listening to your family can help them today. Really make time for it because they will remember the moments that you listen to them, that you took time to sit down during the day, before bed, whatever it is. Listening has such a huge impact. Active listening, asking questions, being interested, and seeing how you can help. And the last thing but not least at all, the way that we can prioritize our family is praying. And we just started this, this new habit in our house, this new, um, yeah, this new moment with our daughter where every night before bed, now that she's big enough to speak a few words and to understand us, we have started praying with her. So, of course, we say the words and she repeats after us, and they're all wrong. But we are teaching her to pray together. And it's the cutest thing, but it's just teaching her from a young age that, you know what, whatever you go through, even from this early stage, we're teaching her from when she's much older that you can pray, you can come to God, and there's power, there's power in prayer. And so prayer is a powerful thing. Prioritize your family by praying for them daily. First of all, pray for your family. When you're in the car, on the way to work, in the bus, as you think about your family or maybe even making the point to think about them, pray for your family. And pray together, not only for your family, but with your family. Prayer is a powerful thing. Prayer is a powerful thing. It, can, it goes beyond places that you and I could ever go. When we pray for situations for someone or for that family member who's struggling, prayer is a powerful thing. We pray in Jesus' name because the power is not in us. It's in his name. And that's why we pray and why, that's why there is power. And so here are the six ways that we can prioritize our family. First of all, in our thoughts. Second, in our words. Then our actions. Making moments, creating moments in our listening. And let's pray with and for our family. I just want to close off by reminding us of this famous saying that we have probably all heard. We don't appreciate what we have until it's gone. We don't appreciate what we have until it's gone. This is so real for us in so many ways. But today as we talk about family, let's not put our families aside for the urgent things. Let's take time. Let's plan. Let's show them we care by prioritizing them. We don't know the day of tomorrow. We, we don't know what's going to happen. But we cannot afford the cost is too great for when we take our families for granted. And again, I understand that not everyone here may have a close family or any immediate family at all. Maybe you're here and you feel like you're all by yourself. We want to tell you that we can be this family to you. We want to be, as a church, a people who support you and who love you. And even when you're in your loneliest moments, not only do we support you as a group of people, but we point you to God. And saying, God is with you every step of the way. We cannot afford to take our families for granted. As you leave here today, and life it goes fast, it's fast, it's quick, it's moving. As you leave here today, life is going to hit you. 
You're going to get up off your seats and there's going to be messages on your phone. There's going to be emails waiting for you. There's going to be a meeting that you need to, to have tomorrow and Tuesday. How are we applying this message to our lives in a practical level? I'm here today in the hope of helping you see that our family is such a blessing from God. Let's not lose sight of that. How will you this week, in the midst of a busy life and life is moving so fast, how will you prioritize your family? What plans are you going to make to put them first before all the urgent things hit you? And even when the urgent things hit you, you know your priorities. You know to put them first. We prioritize our families by knowing that we are called to love them like Jesus loves us. And just like we were saying about the plant, they need our devotion, they need time, they need, they need our love. Because there's going to be real damage when we don't take care of our family and when we don't put in the time and the effort. Family is a blessing, and so what I want to ask you is, what will you do about this? After all these points, after seeing that it's a real tension to have a busy life and to sometimes let other things take priority, out of those six practical steps, how will you prioritize your family this week? Will you stand with me, church? My prayer for you is that if you're a Christ follower here today, you will be reminded of the blessing the family is. Maybe for some of you, it's making amends where there has been brokenness in your family. Forgiveness where it's needed. Letting go of, of grudges. What's separating you because family is a blessing from God. Even though it may be difficult for the Christ followers here in the room today, everything is possible when we have Jesus what is it that God is asking of you and for you today if you're not a Christ follower in the room and you've come here today to visit and you're listening to all of this let me tell you something you matter to God you matter to God and he gave everything so that you could be forgiven he died so that you wouldn't have to what greater sacrifice is there? And I cannot, I cannot have an experience for God for you. I want to invite you to consider God. If you came in here today a skeptic and not wanting to give any thought, I want to invite you. Why not reach out and say, God, if, if any of this, if any of what Rebecca is saying is true and real and that you love me, show yourself to me. I'm not here to prove God's existence to you. I'm here to tell you my story and that he has done something in my life. And he's available to you today. And just like Paul, he can transform someone's life in just one encounter. And so no matter where you're at, no matter if you're Christ follower or not here today, I, I want to tell you that Jesus loves you, remind you that there's a family here. There's a family in this church that wants to love you and be here for you. And we want to be a part of this journey with you.